Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host, the Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Good afternoon from me. Good morning to you. You remember with the extended welcome. Get a little, get a little delay in there. Yeah, well, I was I was fixing something real quick. A sound. Got it. Usually, I I would say like. The I would say ninety five percent of your welcomes would sound exactly the same if if an FBI audio person were like, okay, well, let's find the difference. That's the first one I've heard in a while where you he glitched out in the middle. Yeah, maybe it's the uh, the bed hair. You called it the Andy Ruther frat boy haircut. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that hair and a lot of fratty Andy photos in your Polaroid collage on your wall back in the day. Which it's usually, it's usually that haircut, a T-shirt with a lot of liquid on it that you were, you know, chugging poorly. Dude, I was such a mess. I know. <laughs> I love your look. Like you're looking back, like you were such a mess back in college. You were such a mess like six years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I, I, the, the Andy Ruther growth. It's like. Uh, it's like a stock. You were like just going like this. You were flatlining at the bottom, and then you hit like 2016, just shot up. I was reading some uh, some of the Reddit forum on dirty sports and on the look back as we finished the Smut Studio. I mean, people were like, the one dude was like, Andy Ruth was, was like unlistenable at times. The guy had so many issues. <laughs> <laughs> guys i did the show with him the whole time <laughs> like the, the the drastic mellowing out of me is is wild dude have like, you found a float have you found a float lab in cincinnati no i haven't yet if you um, a lake or something i think the back patio is its own float lab no I, i'll find something i know they exist but uh it's funny because we had tryouts for the third grade basketball last night, you know, as I'm coaching and there's 28 kids and there's going to be three teams. And obviously my, my nephew and my buddy's son are going to be on the same team, but just being around coaches, Joe, how, how many kids make a team? So like three eight? teams, 28, eight to nine. Uh, oh, okay. So all the kids will make a team. Yeah. All the kids it's will just, make a team. It's just like a little draft tryout. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was interesting though, just, you know, this is my first foray into this, and you have more experience with this from your coaching days. But even at third grade, I just could see, you know, so there's three sets of two coaches. The serious nature, and I'm just like, dear God, I am so not like this. Obviously, I'm also the assistant, but I, I'm definitely trying to bring the Phil Jackson Zen approach to these kids. And, and, and you'd be proud of me, Joe. I, I said to my buddy, who's the head coach, I said, look, man, I remember when we were kids, there's the one kid who brings the ball up, who shoots. I was like, none of that Michael Jordan ball. We're bringing the best option, the LeBron ball, 
of the best basketball move. And my buddies, I couldn't agree more. It's not about one kid, even if he's the best, we got to find, you know, find a way for the kids. And it's going to be tough because third grade to yeah. connect and make the right basketball move. I love, I love the, I love you describing yourself as a Phil Jackson. Just thinking about Andy Ruther handing out books like Phil Jackson did. All right. All right, Thomas, we got the Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter, uh, fourth book for you. And uh, Clifford in the Big Red House for you, TJ. <laughs> yeah. Well, well what, what they do is they did basically a skills competition and, and some little three-on-three and some of those drills for about an hour. And then we had to decide how we're going to pick it. And we did a snake draft. I mean, some of these coaches, my buddy and I were just making jokes the whole time saying, guys, third grade like there's no salary cap yeah there's no this isn't the nba draft like let's just pick our teams and be on our merry way we're gonna have to have chris wild on uh who's the greg popovich of the hermosa redondo basketball league you you can get some tips on on coaching youth basketball chris is like he's now the commissioner of the league he he like knows how to like mess with all the coaches too because he's like there's a lot of guys who are like have some scam. They like this kid has to play with this kid. And it's also that they can have the best team. He's like, I ain't doing any of that. Yeah, no, I should talk to Chris. I should hit him up. Like when you, from your experience as a youth coach, did you just ever have just like complete asshole parents? Yes. Like what's the worst thing you had to deal with? Oh, I mean, thousands of them. Like I, I would say probably the worst I actually had wherever I was when I was coaching high school baseball at least like for the most part the parents were like pretty good but it's obviously a lot of playing time yeah um a lot of playing time issues and when I was coaching like younger kids you know you get the younger kids it's like you get the parents who who want their kid to be really good at something and they the kid is too young for the parents to like know whether or not the kid's going to be good and so they're like he's really into baseball and you know uh, i think he can be really good and uh his brother plays here and blah 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 and i'm like look i know when i look at a seven-year-old whether this kid like i can make him into a decent baseball player but i can tell you that he's not ever going to be good yeah i can make him competent and so you deal with these coaches like you know and or these parents are like you know and i'm like look trust me i got this but like Probably the worst is playing time parents. I had one coach when I first moved out here and I took over a team and I had just come from coaching like a state champion baseball team. Like our baseball team in New York was good. And I took over some like school here that was like known for music and like art and stuff like that. There, it's not like an athletic school. And it was basically everybody who, who tries out makes the varsity. And this one kid was incompetent. I mean, he could not play baseball at all. Big, yeah. big, burly kid. And in three weeks of basically spring training, I took the kid from not being able to hit like a fly with a tennis racket to being able to like decently hit a baseball. And his dad comes to me after like three games and was like, I, I just don't understand how you don't let him play. And I was like, look, I actually might be able to get him to a point where he's a serviceable player in like another six weeks. But I was like, if you want a reason why he can't play, let me ask you this. You're his father. 
How did yeah. you let him? How did you let him get to fourteen year old, fourteen years old, and be completely incompetent? I was like, if you want to like complain, you have to go look in the mirror. Don't ever teach your kid anything. He's a horrible, horrible baseball player, and I have actually made him somewhat serviceable. I was like, this is a hundred percent on you. He doesn't play because you're a bad dad. You didn't. And tell he was him like, that, he you? was like, what? You yes. told him that? Yeah. Because he, because he like no, wanted him, he wanted him to play baseball, and he was like aggressive with me about him playing baseball. But the kid like literally couldn't catch, couldn't throw, and I'm like, you're his dad. If you had taught him to throw, I wouldn't have had to spend the last three weeks teaching him to throw. Yeah, I was like, six weeks from now, when I father him for the rest of the season. He, you know, maybe he can come off the bench and pinch hit. But for now, I'm literally teaching. I'm literally out there doing field of dreams with him and and having a father son catch with him, yeah. and teaching him how to catch a baseball. And uh, and it was funny because he was like a comedian, like you know, he'd worked he'd worked like the ice house back in the day. And he was like, I know a lot of the people in this business. I will. And he was like threatening me, my career. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, my, my buddy, it, you know, it's good, obviously, because my buddy's son is on the team, and he said going in, it wasn't even about the best players. My buddy goes, you know, at, that, at this age, right, third grade, yeah. he goes, I'm going to also avoid, I don't care if the kid's a stud athlete, parents who are going to give us headaches. So totally, that was like his whole approach, which I love, of I don't want to deal with parents who are going to be giving us, you know, shit at age eight age nine for a kid. Well, and, and especially, and I've coached youth teams too, at like a young age, it's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're talking about, when you're talking about 12 year old all-star baseball, right? Like maybe you can go to like a little league world series, but otherwise like third grade youth basketball, like no one knows who won last year. Like it's yeah. really, you know, it's, not, it's truly not about winning and losing. You just have to have a good group of kids having a good time. Exactly. And, and, and that's, you know, what we're going to teach. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, the days with, with the suit on as I, as I go full Brad Stevens with the plays. I'm not doing any of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I think my biggest piece of advice for youth basketball is at some point, like, it, take out some tape, mark the floor, and just make, like, literally zones and be like, on offense, don't leave this box. Because yeah. they swarm around the basketball like flies to a light. Sure. Well, and you just have a pile of kids. We're not allowed to play any zone defense. It has to be man-to-man. Yeah. It's like the old NBA rules, which I get. Which, if you spread them out on offense, then the guys have to stay near their guy. Yeah. All these kids bunch up around the basketball, and then you just have a pile. Yeah. So my, my nephew's the tallest kid in his entire grade. Oh, so, nice. So him and my buddy's kid. Keep that yeah. ball high. Don't even put it down. Put it right back up. Yeah. So he's in the third grade to put things in context. His basketball shoes, which he was all proud yesterday, was his first pair of basketball shoes, are size nine. Jesus. Grade. I wore I nine. Think I, I, yeah. I don't think I wore size nine until I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean he, and I know these things can change, but he's trajectory to be like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. So, uh, but he's also Brad's kid. So, yeah. I have to share this real quick. Brad was always, you know, a football guy or a competitive, you know, contact sport guy. Brad shows up after the tryout and we're talking to his son and uh, Brad goes, you're not playing good defense unless you foul out or near foul out every game. I'm like, you're, 
I'm like, you're the worst. I, I was like, do not listen to your dad. And he goes, I know. Yeah. I'm like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> this isn't rugby, dude. This is basketball. Yeah. The goal is not to murder the other team. Yeah. Bill Lambeer is coaching in the WNBA now, Brad. <laughs> Chill out. That's a great point. <sighs> well, Brad, I think this is a good segue to get this story out the way. We're talking coaches. Coach O making the rounds on social media yesterday for something that had nothing to do with football or coaching. This photo leaked, a few photos leaked actually, and I think they're real of Coach O with a, with a lovely <laughs> woman. And, the, and he's so happy in that one picture that I quote tweeted on Twitter. So happy. You know, I, there's a couple of different things to discuss here, but one is they win the national championship last year. He has a book coming out. He's having social media pictures with like young girls in bed. And LSU is already out of the national championship hunt. Like, I think I, I, I love Coach O, but I think the success and, and having Joe Burrow last year seem, seems to have gone to his head a little bit. You think? Divorces his wife, dating young girls, putting out books, losing games. And, and that's fine. Like, maybe Coach O was never meant to be the coach of a dynasty. He was just supposed to come in, Coach O it up for a little bit get one championship and ride off into the sunset sunset with like, you know, some chick who slid into his DMs. Well, you're saying this and I got a surprise for you. I actually have coach O on the line. So maybe he can respond to what you just said about maybe, you know, he's kind of a one and done or, or you know, a flash in the flash in the pan type of coach. Andy Ruda and Joe Brando, I thank you for having me on the show. I just want to talk about, uh, these pictures uh, get leaked. Uh, isn't? <laughs> I was uh, married to a fine woman for a long time, and uh, sometimes you just uh, you, you grow apart. And uh, look, I, I'm a player's coach. I, I like to think that I uh, 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 get down to my players' levels, and it was all last year. They were all talking about Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, all this stuff. So. I got me on the Bumble, and uh, I put in there, uh, just in my profile, Coach O, uh, head head football coach, Louisiana State University, uh, go Tigers, and then uh, I put suck my tiger dick in my in my profile, and uh, I gotta say, you would be surprised how many uh, uh, women hit me up, and uh, it was mostly uh, open mouth emoji. Eggplant emoji, tiger emoji, which I took to man, suck my tiger dick. And I would just usually respond, uh, two thumbs up emoji. And here we are. Um, I, here's something I did not know until just yesterday. Telephones are now also photographic cameras. <laughs> I saw, I was looking at, uh, uh, stuff on her phone because the face of the phone where you're talking, you're punching numbers was looking at me. It turns out there's not only a camera on the other side of the phone, but they camera on that side of the phone. So I wasn't just looking at the phone. She was taking a picture of me and she was showing me 
a picture of me and her, and I said, I, I smiled. I said, look at us. We look cute. Where did you get that picture? It turned out she was taking that picture right in that moment and putting it on the moment, social media. And uh, look, I, I'm just a man with a football team trying to find love in this crazy world. Now, Coach, you guys have already, you know, you lost your first game, and, and we had you on after that. Last week's big game against Florida was canceled because of uh, COVID. Do, you know, do you think there's any, excuse me, do you think there's any shot that you can, you know, bounce back and uh, possibly compete for a national championship? Now, you, actually, excuse me, you guys have lost twice. Wow. Yeah, uh, listen, man, I'm, I'm a very positive coach. I believe that, uh, uh, you know, a team's ability to overcome is, uh, is what makes a great team. Uh, but two losses, you fucking done. That's why I'm on the bumble. I'm on the hinge. I'm on the tinder. Uh, I, I got a raya, raya, which is for the famous people. They said, this is like a tinder for the famous people. I said, I'm famous. I'm Coach O, national champion, head coach of the Louisiana State University Tigers. And they said, get on there. And quality, a trim on the raya, just exceptional. It's all blue trip, blue chip prospects, all five-star recruits. I got to say, if you can get one there, you get on there, it's good stuff. So, yeah, look, you know, we punting on this year. We going to bask in the glory of winning last year, and, and just what it is. I got you. I got a book coming out. Read the book. I'm on, uh, I'm on all the day naps, so slide into, my, slide into my ass or whatever it is. <laughs> slide into your ass? Yeah, slide into my ass. <laughs> Are you into ass play, Coach? No, I just mean like that's how the kids say it. like you know my ass this my ass okay. that wet well, ass pussy. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, Coach. Well, Coach, I know you're a busy guy. You got Bumble, you got Hinge, you got Tinder, and you have a football team to coach. So, that's right. And uh, you know we we may not play a lot of games because uh, look, I'm on I'm on Tinder. I get I get I got COVID four times already. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got I got COVID. I went to the doctor. I'm like, is this like chlamydia or something? Can you just give me like a penicillin? Put, put that penicillin in my penis so I can get rid of this COVID. And he's like, and I like that, coach. You you better be careful. You're going to die. I was like, ain't no coronavirus taking down old Kojo. I had, I had polio back in the day. <laughs> I had HIV in the 90s. I had it all. So you ain't taking me down with no corona. I, one time after we, we played in the Citrus Bowl when I was coaching at USC, I had 200 coronas in one weekend in Key West. I ain't getting taken down by no corona. Uh, coach Joe, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Coach. Thank you for having me, Andy Ruther. Joe Prado, great to see you as always, sir. Whew. Wow. Man, Coach Joe. I mean, he really revealed a lot right there. Look, looks like, you know, to the victor goes to the spoils, as they say. I mean, HIV survivor. This guy really has done it all. Well, Joe, let's I like get... he said he had it like it's gone now. Yeah, like he, yeah. Like he didn't even. I, I don't think is how he co- giving, if he's is he giving Bumble Girls HIV. <laughs> so many, so many questions that need to be answered. I, I, we just don't have enough time for that. Well, let's get to the World Series, but before we do that, Dirty Sports is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Dirtballs, the NFL season is here. Major League Baseball is here. All the sports are here. Sports are back. They've been back. So go 
Download and open the FanDuel app. It's an easy-to-use app. You can pick a new team every game when you're playing during NFL Sunday. Different and unique contests across sports, so not just football, in relation to your skill level. Compete for cash payouts. Right now, FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, if you want to make a deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit. When you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. There we go, Andy. To do all this, simply go to FanDuel.com forward slash dirty or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel, more ways to win. Once again, that's FanDuel.com forward slash dirty. Okay, Prano, we are uh, two games into the World Series, and I think as expected, we got a good series. Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers coming out and getting game one uh, in, in strong fashion um, had me worried for a minute. Um, I thought that there was a chance, you know, that the, the Rays, which are obviously a very young team, and uh, made the World Series after having the best record. I thought there was a chance that, you know, they could run into a buzzsaw, as has happened to a lot of uh, young teams that overachieve. Not that the Rays are overachieve. You know, it's obviously it's a short season. So what, what these teams are made of is, is whatever happens this year. But um, I was worried for them. So getting, getting a Game 2 victory and, and fending off the Dodgers in Game 2 when the Dodgers made a late push to come back, I think – um, is is good is a good sign for them and and we should have a good series. Yeah, and uh, I think we're gonna get a lot of runs. Isn't that what we're expecting in this series? Yeah, seems like it. And uh, it's just amazing that that Dave Roberts, every, like literally every game, does some Dave Roberts things. I mean, he took a, his pitcher out after uh, an inning and a third yesterday. Yeah. Well, before we. <laughs> Well, not even that. I guess my question to you, which, you know, I don't know if you watched the post-game show and they were debating, and it seemed like there was, you know, at least among A-Rod and Big Poppy, an adamant consensus of why is Bueller not starting when he's got the full pitcher's rest and don't you want to get your guns out the way and maybe take that 2-0 lead? Yeah, absolutely. And and when you – when you look at that, like you get a good start from Kershaw in game one and you get a win in a Kershaw win. Like that's the momentum. Like if it had been flipped, if they had started Bueller game one and you get a win, you, it seems like a no brainer that you come back with Kershaw in game yeah. two. So Bueller is your legit best guy, whether he has, you know, the most experience or not. Uh, the idea of not starting him game two, I, yeah, I just don't even understand it. Yeah, it seemed to be like that was what everybody was questioning. And, and then he goes with the starter role, or you know, the the opener, whatever they're calling it, when like a guy comes in and it opens up. But like, I still even think like that could have gone. Like, why don't you stretch that to two innings? I I just feel like for the Dodgers, uh, you're gonna see these this bullpen. You're gonna see this bullpen from the third or fourth inning on every night look out because that's essentially what, the, what happened and what got the Dodgers to the world series 
was that as the series went along and they kept seeing the Braves relievers, they started to get a little bit of an idea of what they were coming with. And, and obviously it changed the whole series. They were up three, one, the Dodgers start to see those, those relievers and they start to get more and more late offense in those last three games. And then they find themselves in the world series. And it just seems like Dave Roberts is setting himself up for the exact same thing in the world series, which is like, try to limit your, the use of your bullpen for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, I, I just, you know, we've said it before. Is this going to be one of those things where they win in spite of him? I, I, I absolutely think it is. And honestly, I'm at this point, I'm a Dodger hater. I wasn't always a Dodger hater, obviously. Um, I kind of had thoughts of, you know, being a low-key Dodgers fan when I moved to Los Angeles. And, and that went out the window with the, you know, brutal murder by Chase Utley. But uh, the, the, I, I've said it before, it's like it just reeks of Doc Rivers. It reeks of like even if they get one World Series, they'll get it in spite of him. Or even if they get two, it's just – how many more would you have won with a competent manager with this, with this lineup, with this roster? I mean, people can shit on Don Manley all they want. He was winning the, the NL West every year too. Yeah. Like does Don Manley have one if he had stuck around? Good question. I don't know if you saw this, but you know, I, I think obviously there are a lot of factors in play for this, but still not a good sign. Game one was the lowest rated World Series game ever. Yeah. Uh, look, there's been a lot of crazy ratings uh, issues across sports, literally across every single sport um, with the whole COVID, you know, delays and everything. I just think having everything off its regular schedule obviously baseball's happening when it would be happening anyway but with the break and the 60 game seasons like how invested are people in the baseball season that maybe didn't get to watch their team or that you know 60 like just didn't care for 60 games like i i just think the ratings thing like to the idea that baseball's like down baseball's been down for a long time you I, know i agree but i think like I don't know. Whereas I think other sports can bounce back or, ch or like pivot or change. I, I don't, I just. But basketball was down. The U S open of golf was the lowest ratings in however many years, like at 50% of the audience that it got last year. It's like you're, everybody wants to point to everything, you know, Oh, in the NBA, they, no one's watching cause they're woke. It's like, I haven't, I don't remember a Black Lives Matter statement in baseball. So is it just people don't care about baseball? Well, uh, well I think I think you know I think there's a combination of reasons for the NBA. And I think that's part of it, though, um, for sure. But I think also you know we went over the game times, and and I understand too as well, which we the game times, the NBA finals happening during football season. The 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 bottom line is football is king. Oh, hundred percent. And, and that's and that's for a lot of reasons, but mostly it's for there's 16 games. Yeah. So every game matters. And when you take every game matter and you drop one of those on a Tuesday night or a Monday night, no one cares. Like the NBA finals, it's like, it's still the Lakers and the heat, you know, two franchises that generally have known to have 
fans that are like, meh, whatever. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting, though. I, I just think baseball is – I don't know, man. You know, I'm, I'm already looking ahead just for myself, like the discussion as far as in this city where fans will be for the 2021 season. And I, from everything that I'm reading is like that might not happen until after All-Star break. It's, it's, it's a sport we both agree, right? You need the fans. I mean, we're not – it's not missing a beat in the NFL because ratings right. are still huge. but. Right. For, especially for revenue purposes, baseball needs fans. I, I I mean, for sure, absolutely. Like they're they're the they're the professional franchise professional league that makes the most on people going to the game. And again, this is based on it's a long haul thing. It's 162 games. You have 81 home games to sell parking. You have 81 home games to sell hot dogs and beers and the whole thing. It's like they need it for revenue. And I, I think also when you go to – like I know people who are huge football fans that go to zero football games ever, yeah. ever, it, because it's expensive. There's only so many of them. In a lot of places it's cold. Like people – and NFL tickets are hard to come by. Like I know people that don't go and are severely invested in the NFL from fantasy to everything. I just feel like you go to a baseball game, you have that experience, it ups how much you care about the I agree. team. And again, you know, the ratings are down and I'm not surprised by that. I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but the, the ratings discussions, I just hate how people try to use them and, and, and use lower ratings to, to, for whatever they want to say is happening. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, you're woke or, Oh, no one cares about basketball anymore. Oh, no one cares about baseball anymore. It's like, well, but, but Joe, th- there are, n- there are truths in those statements though. I mean, there, there are, are there. Of, yeah, there are for sure. So, so basketball is down because of black lives matter things. It a hundred percent plays a part. And golf 50% of the U S open is down because they're the most white sport that doesn't ever talk about politics. Look, man, I, 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 this isn't me. This is, this is a look. Football, football players are where it starts. They're kneeling. They've got the things on the helmets. Joe, They're doing whatever. As, it's not as big. You know that. Come on. Baseball, not doing it at all. Down more than any of them. Look, we're comparing different sports, but when you specifically brought up the NBA, it a hundred. You don't think it plays a factor? I know, I know numerous people who are like, I'm not watching this shit because it's too in my face. And I know numerous people who got invested because the NBA took a stance on it. I think that that stuff almost balances itself out. I think you're talking about a I don't basketball. think it does. I think you're talking about a basketball season that took a four-month break and then came back in the midst of the NFL season starting. Look, I, look, I, I agree. I think there's multiple factors. I'm not saying it's one single factor. Like I already said, games at 10 a.m. Pacific time during the playoffs. Exactly. Like there are multiple factors. But I definitely think the NBA's approach and the social justice stuff, I, I, I'm not even saying whether it's right or wrong. I, I, that's not even part of this discussion for me. I'm just saying I think that 100% it affects it. Uh, and, and I think it's affected it to a degree in other sports for sure. Now, now, baseball is a different thing. I think baseball is just the lack of care, for, a better, for lack of a better term. 
just there there's they're competing against everything they were competing against the nba and the nfl and it's crazy because obviously the, the the rays are not a franchise with good fan base or anything but the Dodgers are a historic franchise, right? Right. And- but ba- baseball has been going down forever. And that's my point. And it's like, and you, to me, it's like all of this stuff can be true. I think there are people who have stopped watching the NFL because of social justice. But I'm just saying sure. to, to blame any of this stuff, to blame anything besides every sport coming back together and the idea that we have Nielsen boxes in homes across the Midwest, as opposed to, you know, who d- isn't offended by uh, social justice things is young people. Typically. Do you know who watches the NBA? Young people. Do you know who cut their cords? Young people. Like the idea that, you know, people want to go out there and say like, the NBA ratings suck because they're woke. It's like, you're just an old head who refuses to admit most people are probably streaming these games. Well, look, I, look, I, I 100% agree there, too. Like I said, I, I think we need to keep in mind it's, it's a variety of factors, not, not just one. Because um, we'd be hearing it from all these people. Like, when baseball ratings are down, which they are and have been forever, we hear every year in the owners' meetings and in the owners' discussion and in the media, like, this is what baseball is going to do to, you know, need to save fans. I mean – we, we, we're both Mark Cuban fans. We both like him as a person, as like a, a businessman or whatever. It's like if the guy's sitting back with his hands up, enjoying his time and doing Shark Tank episodes, it doesn't seem like he's all that worried that like the NBA Nielsen ratings are down. Yeah. No, and I think obviously he, he's tried to buy actually to bring him in a baseball team. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's what – you know, you know, you look at the owners, and I always, you know, want to talk about this. It's like the 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 NBA obviously has more of the outgoing and flamboyant type owners, like a Cuban or a Bomber, and you don't obviously see that in the NFL, <clears throat> excuse me, or Major League Baseball. But but Major League Baseball, in my opinion, the NFL doesn't need it because they have all those traits in their players. I mean, baseball is just, you know, I don't know what it is like. Like I think. The people like me and you who are going to see 10 ball games a year are just so few and far between, Joe. They really are. Yeah. I just think baseball's also we – talk, we talk about it being our national pastime. I mean, the entire country is invested in football. The entire country at this point is not invested in baseball. And it's not a worldwide game. Like, yeah, there's a lot of Latin American countries, a lot of South American countries that, like, love baseball, Japan, but like you're still missing that global, sure, you know, dominance that you get in basketball. I mean, football even obviously they're they're trying to spread it, but like football is the NFL and college football at the same time are just fine with going. We just want to dominate Saturdays and Sundays in the fall in America. We're going to make plenty of money on that. And again, that that's what football does great with fantasy and with everything is they've convinced a lot of people who have never stepped foot on a football field who don't have any like you know personal attachment to these teams to go like i'm a fucking eagles fan yeah no you're right and and props to the nfl for doing that but the thing is that my thing is stop 
criticizing other leagues because they, like don't you you just comparing things on a football to this basis it's like everybody likes to take a shot at everything when their ratings go down it's like dude hockey's being played on you know the home and garden network no one like no one's watching hockey zero people are watching hockey. i mean you talk about you talk about no ratings nobody watches hockey is that true yeah nobody watches hockey yeah, I don't. I don't really know anything about the hockey ratings. I mean, you, you and Maybe I didn't, said people don't like white people. You and I didn't even discuss the Stanley Cup at all. Like, yeah, at all. Must be America's hatred for whites. Tampa Bay won, right? Yeah. That's kind of cool that one of these cities is going to get a second title. Yeah. Although you know, obviously, we're looking at uh, bubble titles in both NBA and NHL, but. Baseball, like even, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. Even the baseball, like the playoff bubble thing, it's just so weird. These games are happening in Texas. It is so weird. So weird. You, you know, you know, I did, you know, I did see, they did an aerial shot uh, of what is it? Globe life park. Yeah. And they still have the lights on of, uh, was it? Globe ballpark at Arlington. But that used to be globe life too, right? Yeah. But then they showed what, – what was that place we went across from the stadium? Like, yeah, the, the Texas whatever, Texas Fest, Dallas Live. Da- yeah, Dallas Live. And, and I saw it and I was, I was, you know, it was taking me back to our trip last year that, that me, you, Nick, and at the time, you know, Maniacal Mitch was on as well. And I, and I was thinking, I was like, man, what a great place. And i thinking how we were sitting up top in uh, Dallas Live and – you guys were all drinking a nice, fresh, cold Miller Light, just really enjoying the scenery, Joe. There yeah, it is. No, right it, was, there. It, was, it was fantastic. And uh, looking, out over the, uh, looking out over the bar full of people, just to enjoying some cold beers, a hot Texas day. Yeah, you know, you know I'm going to have some of those cold Miller Lights ready tonight. I got a couple buddies coming over. Really? To the house. Yeah, we're going to we're, we're do a little Thursday night football on one TV. We're going to have the debates on the other TV. I'll have the Miller Lights ready for my buddies. I was like, guys, we have the whole setup here. Let's enjoy each other. Friends coming together, right? You know, I've known these guys for 30 years. Drink a few cold ones. Miller Light, great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However you and your <coughs> friends are enjoying Miller time, you can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So dirt balls, once again, if you want to find where Miller Light is closest to you or the nearest grocery store or wherever who deliver, or I'm sorry, who carries it, simply go to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports. Andy, I'm sitting right next to the Miller Lite mini fridge that you bequeathed to me when you went to Cincinnati. And it's been a game changer. I mean, not only does it free up space in my actual refrigerator. So now like I don't have, you know, 25 beers in there taking up room, but I've actually been able to double down. Now I'm just like, well, I may as well go all out. Literally, the thing is, I went the other day and got two 30-packs 
a Miller Lite. And this thing is just stacked. Love it. Just absolutely love Miller it. Miller Lite. It's in yeah. a second room. It's in it's here in the in the Smut Studio office. Yeah, you sent me a picture. You sent me and your brother Mikey a picture. It it looks glorious. That Miller Lite fridge is amazing. It's it's great. And and I love it. It's like I get to I, I get my steps in. I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. I gotta walk to another room to get my <laughs> Miller Lite. Get my steps in. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's great. I mean, the, so, te- the 20, the 20 steps from the other room to a Miller light and back cancels out the 96 calories. Like, yeah, forget it. I agree. Well, we have a lot of NFL games, obviously go over before we do that. We have a lot of NFL stories, Joe Prano. That I yeah, want we to do kind of just zing through the first thing I want to discuss this Aaron Rodgers story from ESPN.com. Did you read it? I did. So I think everybody should read it. It's titled karaoke trivia and frat parties tales of Aaron Rodgers inner weirdness. By the way, I don't like that title. Yeah. I think that's, I'm serious. I think that's disparaging to Aaron Rodgers. I think because if you read the story, what are you laughing about? Just disparaging to Aaron Rodgers. Well, it's, if you read the story, this is the guy who once said Doris Burke had a penis. I've changed, Joe Prano. I've matured. <laughs> You're like, okay, should we be calling Aaron Rodgers weird? I mean, no, no, there's, this, a, there's a stigma tied to weird these days. No. Well, you know why? Because people – You know, I'm call- coaching third-grade basketball these days, and, and one of the kids <laughs> was called weird, and it really shook him. And uh, I just think we should be careful with calling people weird. Here's why. I've been called weird a lot my whole life. And Now, if we can return to the NFL, let's – Let's talk about which coaches and which coaches are not breasts this week. <laughs> it is boob watch. Hold on. Let me get to my point. I actually have a point here. <clears throat> Look, I have been called weird a lot. My dad used to call me all the time, which whatever. That was classic Waldisms, and, we, and we'd laugh. But my point is I am weird, and I embrace it. I actually enjoy being weird. But if you read the story, the reason I'm getting a little defensive on the weird thing Aaron Rodgers seems like a fun, awesome dude to be with. That doesn't make him weird. That's all I'm saying. Because in the story, and again, everybody should read it because it is, it's really funny. He basically created a fake fraternity brother in Graham Harrell, the backup uh, quarterback a few years ago. And they ended up attending, they said they were Teeks, Tauta Kappa Epsilon, which is a fraternity, a national fraternity. And uh, they ended up going to a Teak party during – Training camp. Take, take, take. <laughs> yeah. So it's a real fun story about how it just kept going further and further. And they were so a part of this whole event uh, with the Teak brothers. And it just shows, like, Aaron Rodgers is a fun dude. He's not a weird dude. He's a fun dude. I don't like the title. I don't like the title at all. I mean, when you read it, when you read it, like, the, like, how into some of this stuff he got, it's pretty weird. It's weird. You think it's weird? It's a little weird. Give, give me something that's weird. I mean, the, just a fraternity thing, for one. Like, it, the, the, the party, like, the party is where I would go with it. It's like, oh, you know, you have your fake fraternity, and then somebody invites that fraternity. It's like, hey, we've been joking about this. We have to go. I totally get that. But the reason that happened is because he was so aggressive with their fake fraternity that some ball boy or, like, 
you know, yeah. who works for the team was like, oh, you guys are a teak? Like, how much do you have to talk about your fake fraternity for some kid to overhear it and be like, oh, man, you guys are – like, it was weird. It's weird. See, and it's – and, like – and then there's, like, 45-minute tests that he's writing about each team that include, like, roasting the other team's quarterbacks and stuff. Like, it's got to – these guys got to come and take the SATs every week. <laughs> I mean, All right, look, make sure you got your number two pencils out. Question number one, what is Matthew Stafford's favorite sandwich? They're like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay, look, he's got his... He's quirky. He's got, I was just about to say, he's got his quirkiness, but, but that's what, to me, that's what makes him more endearing and charming. Like, I like I, it. I think it's funny. Yeah. But, but, some of saying, my favorite, but some of my favorite quirky, funny friends... Is they're weirdos. He's weird. He's a weird guy. I mean, you've called me weird before. Yeah, you're weird. Like, but 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 my, my point is, I read like from my vantage point, I read this story and I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. Yeah, I like me him too. even more. That's I, like there, I, I don't think necessarily calling somebody weird is a negative. Okay. Fair enough. I just know, you know, there's been some hit pieces on him in the last year or last few years, to be honest. And it's it's good to see a piece where it's like, yo, man, and he might have conspiracy theories. You know, according to Seneca Wallace, another backup, you know, when the planes flew by and all this stuff, what are those people called? Well, they call them, uh, they call them fucking, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, God. They have a now, name. Now I'm blanking on it, yeah. yeah where chemtrails. They're saying, chemtrails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're but, saying they're- you know, and, and this is the thing. This, this was the first thing from the article that got leaked, and it was like, is Aaron Rodgers like a weird conspiracy theorist? Now, you have to go back to 2013 when he says this, kind of off the cuff, while they're looking at, you know, chemtrails. Uh, there's a lot of chemtrail conspiracies out there, but with conspiracy theories, it's like a lot of times – something gets rolling and, and people get talking and whatever, and something happens. And then down the line, when, when a conspiracy theory becomes so popular that like scientists get involved and go like, those aren't chemtrails, they're this and the blah, blah, blah. And then people go, Oh, okay. Well now I know it's like seven years ago, chemtrail conspiracy theories were running wild. These days, most people are like, yeah, it's probably not. Yeah. So it's like, you know, keep everything, take everything with a grain of salt. Like, sure. Was he fucking around? Was he serious? Has he learned? But like the idea that he said that in passing to Seneca Wallace, like doesn't make me think that, you know, he's a flat earther. Sure. That thinks like, you know, Ellen is drinking the blood of, you know, young children. Which she is. Uh, And another thing on the chemtrails thing, I don't think that's that crazy. Like, like, you know, when you look at conspiracy theories and you look at the range of them, right, Joe, like, I don't think that's to say, at least this is just my point of view, to say, oh, are they trying to control us with whatever they're shooting out of the planes? Like, <laughs> you're looking- I, then, dude, no one's, no one's a bigger conspiracy guy. I mean, I love to go down and rabble, but like that we're using commercial airliners to crop dust, like mind control drugs. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just saying, trust no one, right? Are, are they putting are they putting the Illuminati? Are they telling the Illuminati's to go into their bunkers for those parts of the day? Like 
the, the problem with the chemtrails conspiracy theory is like there's powerful people everywhere. If you're ever in Los Angeles and you're seeing and you're like, oh, there go the mind controlling chemtrails. Where's fucking Jeff Bezos during this? He's in, he's got his he's got his gas mask on. Okay, you have completely debunked my uh, potential agreeing with that theory, and now I agree with you. you, you well done. You have a point. Uh, some other stories. So OBJ has now been banned from LSU for two years for handing out money after they won their title last year. Yeah, that was a reckless, drunken. It seemed like a performance by Odell Beckham. He like that's kind of everything that you need to know about uh, big time college football is like basically Odell Beckham was doing publicly what so many boosters do privately. Sure. Post those games like going up with their, you know, with their jackets on giving hundred dollar handshakes odell was just a little bit wasted and just doing it a little bit more publicly like i think we can safely say he's not the first person to hand the lsu tigers cash after a big win yeah i mean i loved it just reckless but i loved the recklessness of it i love i did too and also who gets like oh he can't go to an lsu game for two years i think he'll be fine yeah I mean, it's only $2,000 cash. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just – but they are going to – I think they're going to lose some scholarships. Like, like they take a hit. Yeah. I mean, the, the Look, whole, they're, they're, they're just enjoying this – the whole university is just enjoying the Joe Burrow championship team. They're all like, the next five years are cream cheese. Coach O's plowing through Tinder girls. Like, I don't think they're super worried about their, they're, they're on the, they got a five-year buffer grace period. Maybe I, okay. Maybe I should hop on dating apps again in Cincinnati. Oh, we, I mean, honestly, I feel like you should probably start a blog about being a late thirties male returns from Los Angeles to, to Cincinnati and, and gets on the dating apps. Like I I'd like this. This is a reality show. I was going to say my profile should be coach O. And everything Coach O would say. <laughs> you, you, you took it to being like, serious. Who know? Who knows what's on there, man? It's. Uh, it's. It, I assume it's limited uh, pickings on there. You'll have to let us know. I, I got to share with the Dirt Bowls what you said to me when I was moving back. Like one of the first things you said to me. That was it. Do you remember? That you're going. That I give you six months until you're. You have. You're dating some chick no. with two kids. No, no, dirtballs are gonna love this. So, so right. So I sit Joe down after a show in like August, and you know I, I tell him, "Hey, man, I'm like officially going to uh, to go back." And obviously, it's real serious. And you know, Joe's like, "I support you, blah blah, whatever you want. You've had a rough year." And uh, it was so funny because then he says, "You go." What's that dating going to be like? <laughs> yeah. like? Like that's where your mind went. Like something I hadn't even thought about. You were like, what's, what's dating for a guy in his late thirties in Cincinnati, Ohio going to be like? Well, look, my, my thought process was just like your day to day, you know, and what, what everybody needs like in happiness. Like, I don't think, I think, I think that you definitely are a guy who goes through stretches of being like, Oh, I'm going to be all 
work focused. I'm going to be all podcast focused and be all family focused. I'm going to be all like mental health focused, whatever. You, you're definitely a guy who has a bit of an addictive personality. You're like, I'm going to run. Sure. I'm going to run 200 miles today. Like, you know, it's a bit insane, but like, I've seen you go through this so many times. I've seen you go through your bouts of celibacy and then I've seen you go through, you know, heavy dating periods and whatever. It's, I was just thinking like, when you get to the point where you're like, what, what is somebody's needs there? Like, are you going to have, and I, I just thought about it. Like if I was you, like, where can you do comedy? Where, like, what, what's the dating scene going to be like? Like, what's the social scene going to be like, even just for friends? Like, I'm assuming most of your friends there probably have kids and, you know, families. It's like, is there even anybody to like hang out with? Yeah. And, uh, and obviously as a single guy, you know, you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of people with kids, with families. You're going to be like, oh, you know, that looks pretty good. Like maybe I should get on the dating ass. Maybe because you don't really go out, you know, you're not. And, and especially during a COVID situation, but you're, it's not like you're a guy who goes out to bars just to like meet people. I'm like, he's going to have to get on, on the dating ass at some point. And then I'm like, man, it's going to be a lot of like divorcees with kids. Well, look, man, I, I, I've been back. L, also, what I said was in LA, in LA, yeah. in LA, you could be the 30 something guy who's dating like a 20 something girl in the Midwest. Kind of creepy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, okay, fair enough. You, you're right. Like, like the LA thing, I think the standard LA thing is, it's probably the same way in New York or any of the big cities. Like having your first kid at 45 is completely normal. I mean, even when we do like dirt, dirty sports trips or whatever, like when we were in Arizona last year, like me, you and Laz, it's like a bunch of late thirties, early forties guys. And like, we're going out with a couple of dirt balls to like college style bars. You just, you just go like, man, I feel old. And yeah. in LA, you go out, you can see seven year old, 70 year olds in the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's definitely a culture of like, we're all just here in the biz doing our thing. It's like, it's a little bit more. But I could argue that's a lack of maturity and growing up as well in, in that situation. If you're the 50 year old who's at the, the Venice whaler, right. Creeping on the 25 year olds. But it's just, it, it, that, that may more be accepted for sure. That may be a hundred percent true, but it's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. You're not a weirdo. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a weirdo when we go to like, you know, young people bars because we're hanging out with like dirt balls or whatever i mean even in the amount of times we were in like austin with our boy andrew like we do those shows we go out to like i'm like i'm 30 something i'm like you know doing jaeger bombs you were loving that prano i was loving it. i also felt hella old yeah i was also like you guys you're not you you think you're gonna out drink this old man i got news for you i got some great footage from that trip yeah you, you were having a blast. Well, a good transition to talk about the guy who's getting old and who might, he's definitely a weirdo. Antonio Brown apparently is getting serious consideration for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I'm shocked. I'm shocked, but I'm not that shocked. Um, Pete Carroll is, I mean, talk about weird. Pete Carroll's a weird guy. Pete Carroll read the, Aaron Rodgers story. He was like, I got to get Aaron Rodgers out here to talk about chemtrails. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, their, 
their post-game handshake, just talking, you know, Illuminati conspiracies. He, he, here's, here's the thing. The Seahawks are currently 5-0. and At this point, I, I gauge they're going to win at least 11 games. That's going 6-5 and five the rest of the way. They have a good shot at winning that division. You have Metcalf, who's becoming, you know, a top 10. Legit. Yeah, top 10, top 15 receiver. Everybody, you know, like, I, I, I just can't. I can't even give him enough credit for like, I know everybody's on the let Russ cook Russ MVP and no doubt he's certainly probably the leading candidate. He's probably the Vegas favorite right now, but look at how that has, look at how just his production and everything has jumped just in getting an elite receiver. Well, I think it goes both ways, right? I think they help each other, but anyway, sure, sure. You, you have Tyler Lockett, you have Metcalf, you got some nice other pieces around. You got, you know, Olsen's old, but like he's a nice piece to yeah. make. My point is this. You're 5-0. and Your team's defense is not good. I, I personally, I'm not adding, and I know he's – Yeah, as a Seattle Seahawks fan, what do you want them to do? As a Russell Wilson fan who, who roots for him and his boys, I would not want – and it, and it would help my cause because we're talking about my, my butt is at stake here with right. the L chain. So th- there are health concerns at stake here. But I, I, I just do not like, again, the team chemistry. It's their defense. Their offense isn't the problem. Right. I, I, I completely agree. It just, it just seems like, you know, the idea of adding a guy when you're undefeated who is a distraction. I mean, I have been told that Colin Kaepernick is out of the league for five years because he's a distraction. And, and that's for bad teams who need quarterbacks. Oh, this 0-6 team doesn't need the distraction of Colin Kaepernick. So the idea that you're going to bring in a guy who 100% is a media firebomb Sure. Like, to me, seems ridiculous. And again, like you said, it's like, is there, are you looking at this offense going like, what they need is like an Antonio Brown. And also, DK Metcalf doesn't seem like, a like, he kind of seems like a guy who could, could become like a diva wide receiver. Like, do you, do you really need like upsetting him on the sideline? Now his catches go down. Now his targets go down. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I don't like it at all. Also, isn't like Josh Gordon a Seahawk? Did they re-sign him again? I think they did. Or they're like, I forget. I when, think did he's the, like, when did the Seahawks? They, 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 they're like a foster home. Yeah. For, for these wide receivers. Like, like, like you know they got the Heisman house? They're gonna be they're gonna be eleven and zero and and bring back Marshawn Lynch for like two touches a game. You're like, what yeah. are you guys doing? Yeah, Pete Carroll, what, what are you doing? They got the Heisman House. Pete Carroll's got this like weird house in Seattle, conspiracy house. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe Pete, Pete Carroll wants to start a cult with like guys. He, he bought OJ's chances. Heisman and now he's doing this weird like stolen Heisman houses. <laughs> he's he's got OJ's Heisman and Reggie Bush's Heisman. And a bunch of like cast off receivers come in in dark cloaks, like it's eyes wide shut. 
They got like a loaf of bread that Antonio Brown's about to jerk off on in the middle yeah. of everybody. Like just something weird and just sexual. Like a Ma- just like a Masonic temple. Yeah. I do want to see OJ in a Heisman House commercial. Hal Sparks is there. Hal <laughs> Sparks. You know that whole thing? Hal Sparks is like an open, like Masonic, like brother of the Masons or whatever. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for all you people who love like weird, like put just put Hal Sparks and uh, Masonry into YouTube. He like he has like done like long things about it. What's that dude up to these days? I don't know. It's just you know being a Freemason, doing. Uh, Is he doing acting? Headlining at Flappers. That's what he's doing. Yeah. That's interesting. He hosted the uh, he hosted Talk Soup for a minute, right? Yeah. Wow. Things you learn on this show. It's a lot. Of, if you keep your eye out for it, there's a lot of uh, Freemason stuff in LA. There's a big one down in like Redondo. And uh, yeah, it's wild. I forgot there is a massive temple directly across the street from St. Louis University. Which is oh, yeah. a lot. A lot that, that's always a thing. It's like, because they're, you know, a lot of times they're like big in like the building of cities. I mean, it, it, it is a gorgeous with with the pillars and, and I, i'm like walking the campus with my brother and i was like man it's weird that like i went to school here for five years and that was directly across the street it's kind of weird to think and then i do remember let's get aaron Rodgers take we, we now go to aaron Rodgers for a stick on freemasons you got an aaron Rodgers? no i i Nothing but look my like look, him. basically. Yeah. I say you look the, like him. The amount of times I go out on a golf course with the hat and the and my sunglasses on with the mustache, people are like, "Hey, Raj!" I'm like, "You, <laughs> you wish." It's a fucking Sunday afternoon, dude. He's playing football. Well, Prano, our last story before we get to the actual weekly breakdown. I mean, the Ruther curse is undefeated. It's I finally, I finally give my blessing to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and a day later. He has been knocked from starter to backup. Undefeated. The Ruth of Curse is undefeated. And I got to say, like, you texted me about it. And as opposed to being like, see, I told you, it's like, you, you're upset on Ryan Fitzpatrick's behalf. Well, I just think, I, I just don't understand the move. It, I don't understand the move either. I, here's, here's the thing. Here's my thought process. They did it coming up they did it they're going to do it following their bye week they gave him obviously some run although barely i think he just handed the ball off a couple times at the end of last game to me what it seemed like was this is a plan they've had in place for a long time sure they they re-sign fitzpatrick they tell him this is the deal they tell him you know you're going to start no matter what happens we don't care if you go undefeated or owen whatever we're going to sit him let him learn the offense and bring him in post bye week the thing that doesn't jive with that is Fitzpatrick's comments yesterday that he was caught off guard, that he was hurt, he was heartbroken. And honestly, what's, what's ridiculous about it is the, the Dolphins are totally in the mix. Yeah. Fitzpatrick's been playing great. And Tua, like the, like the idea that Tua has to start year one is ludicrous. I mean, all over the league, 
And historically, there are guys who went from sitting for a year or two to some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, look at, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Look at Steve Young. Look at plenty of guys who sat uh, for a while before getting in there. But not, not even – you know what the situation is? This, is? this is the situation to a T. This is the Cincinnati Bengals in 2005. Here's why. The Bengals, it's very similar. The Bengals had John Kitna. I'd say very similar, right, to Ryan Fitzpatrick. A journeyman who was a backup, who was a starter, who could win a lot of games. The Bengals sat Carson Palmer his entire rookie year. They went 8-8 eight and eight with John Kitna. I, I just see so many similarities. The Bengals were competing at one point. I remember that season. At one point in uh, 2004, I don't know if I said 2005, 2004. At one point, the Bengals were 8-5 and five leading the division, and they lost their last three games. My point is the Dolphins are in a very similar situation, right? They're one game currently out of the playoffs right now. They're one game currently out of first place in that division. The Dolphins can easily make the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Also, I just to, to me, I just think two is coming off an injury. Yeah, this doesn't work on numerous levels. Two is injury. I just think Ryan Fitzpatrick gives them a better chance to win these days. There's no, there's, there's a, like a million examples of evidence that you don't need this guy to get in there right away for his development. I mean, fucking Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that exactly. Um, like the idea that Patrick Mahomes can sit behind Alex Smith. But you need to get Tua in there on a Dolphins team is crazy to me. Yeah. Also, exactly. you're building something. You you you've gone from nothing to some to something pretty quickly. The idea that you don't just let this play out and and turn it over to Tua when you're eliminated from playoff contention or you have a couple losses in a row or I mean they've what they've won three of their last four. Or They've, right? won two in they a, like, they've won two in a row. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just – I don't get it. And you have something going. You have chemistry going. And like I said, especially coming off an injury. All those guys you named weren't coming off injuries. All those quarterbacks. And, and also, let's go back to Fitzpatrick, who obviously I've been a defender of for a long time. Like, this is what happens to the guy. It's just not fucking fair. It's just not fair. And everybody, and, and, you know, you were that guy for a long time. It's like, oh, if he's so fucking good, how come he can't? It's like he shouldn't have lost his job to Jameis Winston. He should have, he should have been re-signed by the Jets. He shouldn't have lost his job to Tua. Like, this guy, it, like, he's kind of been fucked. I mean, besides the fact that he's been in the league for as long as he has and always gets another job because he's qualified, it's like, you know, you look at I, – I tweeted it this weekend. But, like, the amount of people that came after me when I talked about Fitzpatrick and his Jets career, Kyle Aronofsky, uh, like, Todd Bowles' defense looks awesome. And Ryan Fitzpatrick looks great. Jets fans want to whine and whine and whine. It's always the coach. It's always this. It's always that. It's like, you guys did this to yourself. You said, fuck Ryan Fitzpatrick. Get him out of here. Todd Bowles is a joke. Get him out of here. If the Jets had Todd Bowles and Ryan Fitzpatrick still, where are they in the AFC East? Well, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the long-term plan, though, for any of these teams, Joe. No one needs it to be the long-term plan. But also... But that's what you're saying about him on the Jets. Sure. But aren't they... That, how, how many years ago is that? 
Is is Sam Darnold the long-term plan for the Jets? Probably not. I don't know. Long-term is too – like, the idea that you're saying a 35-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the quarterback of your future is fine. But the idea of saying Ryan Fitzpatrick can't be your quarterback for two, three years while you build a team is ludicrous. He should Look at all the teams that he played for that, and their quarterback situations after he left. Are you telling me that the Buffalo Bills wouldn't have been better in record this whole time if Ryan Fitzpatrick had been their quarterback for the last 12 seasons? I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know. I, you know, I'd have to look back and see – there are reasons as well, too, that teams aren't keeping. I mean, he, he did get – let's not forget, he got a big deal with Buffalo. Yeah. And he didn't play up to it. That's also the truth. A you lot know. of people love to put it on the quarterback, though, you know? What, what's Buffalo done? Well, they've obviously changed now that they have, you know, their franchise quarterback and, and a defense now. Look, I, I look to, back to the actual Miami situation. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks like we both in our agreement. We we don't agree with the decision. I think it's I, not only do I not agree with that. I think it's fucked up. And and Ryan Fitzpatrick agrees. He's basically on the record. Like that was the thing when when if he had not said anything, and he just lets it happen, it's like okay, this is a plan in place, and they sign him, telling him that this is going to happen. But when he says it's it's heartbreaking, you just gotta, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. What's the guy I got to do to keep his job? Be the best quarterback that you've had since who? Dan Marino? Harvard quarterback lives matter. Yeah. So, you know, it just, for once, can a Harvard guy get a break? <laughs> By the way, he's immediately been hired to work in Conan O'Brien's writing staff, even though he has absolutely no comedy experience whatsoever. <laughs> Well, that's a good transition to our weekly NFL picks, as always, presented by our friends at Game Theory Picks, who provides profitable sports betting advice at an affordable price. Subscription op- options for Game Theory Picks include weekly, monthly, and yearly. Since sports have made a return on July 20th, a $50 per play bettors have profited $600 by following Game Theory Picks and their. Picks. Picks. Yeah. By, by following Game Theory Picks. There we are. Dirtballs, you can receive your first month of Game Theory Picks for just $40. Simply visit GameTheoryPicks.com and use promo code DIRTY. So once again, that's GameTheoryPicks.com. Use promo code DIRTY and uh, get yourself some money. They're going to have all the right calls on what to do as we go over these picks so save yourself some money check them out and uh sign up this week because then you can uh win some money before nfl sunday all right joe tonight's game is the nfc east uh i don't know what i'm looking forward to less the giants eagles game or the biden trump debate it's a tough call. I'm looking forward to both of them. Honestly, very excited. Well, your well, your Giants are three and a half point dogs on the road in Philly, Joe. I'll let you go first. Well, 
Um, I don't love the Giants' chances of winning this game, um, but I, I just advised and I will advise um, as far as, as making this pick goes, if you go on some of the online betting sites right now, they've got the Eagles at minus four and a half and the Giants at plus 205 money line. I think in a, in a game where both teams are bad, straight up, both teams are bad. Uh, Thursday night, short week, uh, division game in a, in Philly, a home field situation where they don't have a home field advantage when they have fans there, let alone when they have only five fans there throwing wah-wah hoagies at each other. Um, I can say this for certainty. The Giants have great value on the money line. If you want to get a money line bet in, I would do that on the Giants. Three and a half, that being said, if that's our line here, uh, just to jinx myself and give, give my team a chance to win, I'll take the Eagles. Ooh. But I like, I like the Giants in this game. I think they can absolutely win it. Fuck it. I'm going to take the Giants. Fuck it. Let's go. We're, not, we're barely keeping track of our games this year. I'll take the Giants. Let's go. Three and a half, a half point. Hmm. That's going to make me take the Giants. Let's go. You just right. cursed us. Yeah. I totally I'll blame agree. you. I'll blame you when we lose. All right. Lions, Falcons in Atlanta. Falcons are two and a half point favorites coming off their first win of the year. Lions are sitting at two and three. This would be a big win for them to get to 500. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Lions to win and cover. Wow. I'm going to take the Falcons. Uh, we were mocked last week for taking the Falcons. Obviously, they won. They beat the Vikings. Uh, so props to us, Andy. But uh, I think that the Detroit, the idea of the Detroit Lions winning two consecutive road games when they went a couple seasons without winning road games is uh, crazy. I'm going to take the Falcons. All right. Well, and by the way, both these teams are very similar. It's like there's never any consistency. Never. So somebody's gonna. They're both playing domes. Win. I mean, it's somebody's just, gonna have to win two games in a row. Yeah. And I think it's the team with a new head coach. Well, the Battle of Ohio comes to me. Comes to about 15 minutes from where I'll be Sunday. Now, are there any fans at all allowed in Cincinnati? There are. There's a few. You're not going to go to the game. No. Battle of Ohio. I think I've made my stance clear. I will On not attend. Ohio? I will not attend a Cincinnati Bengals game until Mike Brown and the Brown family no longer owns the franchise. What about what about like if next year? What if you're one of your four NFL teams come to town? Would you go to like? Would you go to support an away team? It's just so tough because the money still goes to that owner. Yeah. I'm trying to think, the last game I attended. Well, it was the playoff game, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was that one. I had some funny moments. Where, you know, going through pictures through, through my house, I, I got – here's a fun one. I was rehashing with my little brother. You've seen so many funny pictures in the last couple of days, you decided to bring back this hair. You're like, you know what? I like this. I actually like, kind of like how I look here. 2005, the Bengals had already clinched uh, – it already clinched the playoffs. By the way, I was wrong earlier. That was the 2003 season with John Kitna. Now it's all okay. coming back to me. Palmer's first year starting was 2004, which they also went 8-8. Eight eight. Anyway, 
2005, Joe Prano, the Bengals had already clinched the playoffs. They had kind of a worthless game because they probably were not going to get a two seed, though. It's on Christmas Eve. I go with my little brother, Mark, Cutter, and Cutter's dad, and I get absolutely <laughs> I mean, like, lit. I'm wearing my Carson Palmer jersey. The Ruther family tradition was always a big thing on Christmas Eve uh, and also Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve was like our immediate family. I come back. I'm, like, lit. All the pictures, I'm still wearing my Palmer jersey. I continue, the, <laughs> I continue the drinking through the family Christmas. We're opening a few presents. And uh, I had like one of those giant cups from the Bengals game. You know, like those cups, like 32-ounce cups or whatever? Yeah. I had one of those just filled with white wine that my mom was drinking. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know what, I, what spurred this, but we're all like sitting down. You know, like the kids are there. Too. I think at this point we only had one uh, niece. And I don't know what I, I don't know why I said this, but I said something like, pass me that whatever, you fucking pussy. And my mom was like, you're cut off. Take that wine away from him. Like, you're out of control. Like, that was it. Just calling somebody a fucking pussy. Joanne was having none of it. Love it. Joanne was like, absolutely not. And there's this picture which my family has sent around. Give me that Pinot Grigio. <laughs> you don't deserve it. There's this picture where I'm hugging my mom, but it looks like we're about to make out how, how the way it was taken. And that has been a Ruther family tradition picture forever. Anyway, that's a Andy Ruther goes to a Bengals game. Classic Andy Ruther, story. Cincinnati throwback moment of the week. Brought to you by Skyline Chili. And Applebee's. What else you got, Joe? Hit me. Hit me, hit me with your Cincinnati <laughs> stuff. You got anything else? Uh, that's it. There are no Applebee's near me, by the way. None. That Applebee's was replaced by Chick-fil-A. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you know. I'll okay. have you know. <laughs> the Bengals are... I will have you know, sir. The Bengals are three-point underdogs at home against the Browns who just got their ass kicked. I'm going to take a Browns bounce back win. Joey Burrow, three's too, three's too small for Joey backdoor. I'm going Bengals. I'm going Browns win and cover. Hmm. I feel like the Browns have this beat bad teams thing, lose to good teams thing happening. The first game was that Thursday night game, which was a good game. Backdoor did cover. Yeah. I'm going to go Browns win and cover as well. Okay. All right, moving on. Pittsburgh, ooh, two undefeated teams. This will be a good game. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. One-point Titans favorites. Ooh. I, I don't know what to – I like, at some point, I guess this is the week. This is the week that, uh, that my statement gets broken. I think the Browns are fine, but I still think that – you Steelers. know. No, I know. I'm saying oh. the Browns are a fine team. The Steelers obviously ran through them last week. I think you were correct. There's a little bit of big brother vibes that play into that game. Just one team that always dominates. Uh, I still need the Steelers to like impress me. This is their chance to do it. I am going to take the Titans. I think the Steelers win and cover. I mean, Derrick Henry went absolutely nuts last week. I just think I, this game more is about Steelers defense for me. And I just don't see – I'm going to call it. Henry does not rush for 100 yards. 
this will be the game. I mean, if, if the Steelers win this game, uh, I'm, I'm happy to say I was wrong and that they are legit. All right. Another divisional game. Carolina travels to New Orleans where the Saints are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Big spread here. Seems too high for me. I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say the Saints blow them out at home. All right. Buffalo travels to the Jets, who we just talked about. I will take Buffalo minus one million. <laughs> Twelve-and-a-half point favorites. Yep. Not nearly high enough. I, t- I take them. I take 12 and a half. I thought it said 125 and I just bet it. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take the, uh, I'd love to see well. the jets against the spread this year. Yeah. Can't be good. They're zero and six against the spread. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking the fucking bills. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that is bad. Just enjoy the stacks of money you get betting against the jets. Yeah. Well, here's another team. That's here's another two bad teams in the, uh, NFC East this time. The Cowboys, who Andy Dalton, holy shit, and Zeke fumbling. I mean, that was just – you saw me going nuts with my tweets on Dirty Sports. Yeah. Uh, I just can't say this enough. The, the Cowboys are one of the worst-run organizations. I'm just going to say it. They are. Yeah. They are one of the worst-run organizations. That's that, just, he, It's just a new Al Davis. He's just a new Al Davis. He, he is. does everything himself. He That's likes great. the flashy guy, he, whatever, and there's just – Jerry Jones just doesn't know what he's doing. The, the only success they had is when uh, Jimmy Johnson wrangled all that control away from him and made all those decisions on his own. And they haven't been shit since. And I I've love been, that. Yeah. I think that is a great comp, Prano. Jerry Jones is Al Davis 2.0. He really is. Because if you look at those early Raiders teams from the late 70s, early 80s, they won a couple chips just like the Cowboys won three chips in four years. Guys, they have not been good for 25 years. Yeah. The facts do not lie. I loved that stat that ESPN showed. The Cowboys are in the same ranks with the Browns, the Lions, the Bengals, the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, these are historically poorly run franchises. The Cowboys are there. It's all marketing. It's all BS. And we get to watch them all the time on national TV, and I'm sick of it even though I'm one who continues to pick them for some reason. Yeah. They're one now, I, I, now, let's. I want to talk a little bit about that Cowboys game. I also said during this game, uh, I, first of all, I liked how Arizona played for how bad the Cowboys played. I thought Arizona played pretty darn well. I put this on Twitter, and, a, yeah. and, it, and it got a negative reaction because everybody said Mahomes. But if you were starting – if you had an expansion draft today, I would take Kyler Murray in an expansion draft simply because, you know, again, you're, if you're building a team from zero, you got to get a quarterback. He's on a rookie deal. He looks great. He looks like he's, you know, blossoming into a great NFL quarterback. And obviously I think Patrick Mahomes is far and away the best quarterback in the NFL, but they're the, the chiefs are already committed to a, a half a billion dollars. I don't know if you, start an expansion team around giving one guy $500 million. If you were starting an expansion team today, Andy, they're, they're like, congratulations, the Cincinnati Bulls of Chile. You, have, you can pick from anybody. And let's just say, unlike proper expansion drafts, no one gets protected. But obviously, you have to take them for – you have to build with a salary cap in mind. Who are you taking one overall? Patrick Mahomes. Really? 
he's worth that money to me. Man, I, I just think, you, uh, you know, you look at that Chiefs team, it's well, we'll kind see. of I – mean, I mean, they have all those guys now. They signed right. Kelsey. They signed Mahomes. They signed Hill. I mean, you, you know, my, my take is this. If he gets – like, we discussed this. If Patrick Mahomes gets one more chip, does he earn that money? I kind of think he does. Does he have to get two? Uh, yeah, he's got, for a half a billion dollars when he had the one before you signed him. Yeah, I think he's got to get two. I think he's got to be a three-time Super Bowl champion. Okay. And 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 maybe look again. I say he's far and away the best quarterback, and he's worth that money. Just to me, I was. I guess I'm looking at it more in a salary as, from a financial salary cap thing. I'm not I'm not starting a team with. $500 million committed. No, I got you. And, and, and then I, somebody said Quentin Nelson. And I said, I don't hate that, honestly. Yeah. I, look, I, I understand your point of view on this stuff. And I do think the upside for Kyler Murray is extremely high. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when, when he moves, he's the fastest, non-fastest guy I've ever seen, if that makes any sense. I don't even know. It doesn't. I think he's one of the fastest guys I've ever seen. <laughs> he glot, but but you, it you don't. Oh, see you say the, he looks like he's not running. Out yeah, there. like his gliding and just he's so, in, in a way, almost casual about how he does it. But he's so speedy. He's yeah. so shifty. And I and I like what they're doing with him. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's great. The Cowboys. That game was so atrocious to watch, from their point of view. Yeah. But I think they win and cover this week as one What's point. What's the spread? One point. One? One. It's in Washington. Okay, then I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah. I was going to take Washington if it was like a four-point game. Andy Dalton just sold a Cincinnati house. I saw in the local paper here. Sold it for $1.6 million. And it's the governor's mansion. <laughs> Shots fired. All right. Packers travel to Texans. Ooh, this is great. We have uh, the guy who we, used to be coached have, by the have, boob against the guy teams who, who used to be, be coached, coached by, the by the boob. Yeah, yeah it's, the a, boob it's, a, it's a boob freedom bowl. Yeah. Houston's three and a half point dogs against the Packers. I'm going to take the weirdo Aaron Rodgers to have a bounce back game after his debacle game against the, the Bucks. Yeah. I'm going to take Aaron, too. Romeo Cornell's already calling for a two-point conversion. The book, well, that, says, the book says to go for it. That Cardi B boob thing, man. Did we God. title a – what was the last episode title? Yeah, Romeo Cornell's Cardi B's boob. <laughs> I had to. I had to do it. <laughs> it's hilarious. God, the, 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 I, I, I'm tr- I think about her boob out of nowhere sometimes, and it traumatizes me. Like, I have – I just you know, imagine you doing the waltz, standing out in the driveway, staring off into the distance, people going, what is he doing? So he's just picturing Cardi B's naked breast. Oh. Like, I've seen some maybe not the best boobs. Like, that doesn't even compare. Like, like – I can't even look at her the same way. I don't know if I can listen to her music anymore. Jeez. When she was drugging and robbing guys, you're like, that's fine. I mean, the boob, yeah, it's, it's a good next level. 
All right, the Seahawks travel to Arizona. Guy we were just talking about, Kyler Murray. Three and a half point Seahawks favorites. I gotta go with the Cardinals in this. Yeah, you see, it's it's a trap. That's a total. It's not even a trap. The Cardinals are four and two. That extra half point. Like this is one of those games where neither of us are going to be surprised that the Cardinals win. The Cardinals beat them last year in Seattle. Yeah, I'll go with the Cardinals. I'll be rooting for the Cards. That's for sure. All right, Chiefs Broncos. The Broncos are at home, but they're still nine-point dogs. I'll take the Chiefs. <laughs> I agree. All right, moving right along. San Francisco travels to New England. This is an interesting game. Yeah, it is. Patriots are two-point favorites. Uh, I'm going to take the Patriots based on the uh, Bill Belichick loves to, uh, you know. Butter up. Cir- circumcise. The young great coaches in the league. Oh, oh, you're you're the next genius. Come here, let me see it, and just spank their ass. But he's also giving such high praise to. I don't know if you're following Kittle and Garoppolo. He's he's buttering them up. Yeah. Before he goes in for the kill. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Patriots to cover at home. I agree. West to east, tough tough travel. Big win last week. I think the Niners. You know, setback game. And if they don't, by the way, if the Niners do win this game, they're, they're all the way back, right? Then they're like, they get to compete again? Are they back in the mix? The Niners? Yeah. I think so. Chargers- I think this is a huge – I think this, you know, I, I just think it can't be uh, overstated how important this game is for the Niners. I think it, in, in a way it's Both their teams. season. Their Both season. Teams. Yeah. I mean, I think the the Patriots could. I, I I don't have I don't have a real fear of the Bills running away with the AFC East. Yeah, the Chargers are at home and they're eight point favorites against the Jags. Uh, I'm going to take the Jags just because. How are the Chargers eight point favorites to anybody? Herbert's I think the Chargers really good. win that game though. Who's your rookie of the year right now? Is it Herbert or is it Burrow? Both have uh, one win. Yeah. I mean, are they am I, is there somebody that I'm forgetting? I don't think so. Maybe a receiver? Yeah. Um I'm gonna go Burrow. Yeah. Herbert's looked really good. No, he I, has, absolutely. I am going to go with the Jags as well. All right, Sunday night football, Tom Brady. In San Francisco, I'm sorry, San Francisco, Las Vegas, where the Bucks are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Raiders. I liked the Raiders in this game, and I liked the Raiders' money line in this game until the entire offensive line got sent home with COVID. So I'm going to take the Bucks. <sighs> yeah, I agree. For that same reason. I, I was excited for this game. I thought this would be a good Sunday night football game, and maybe it still will be. But man, it does suck that this is the kind of thing that we're dealing with in the season, like, like yesterday. Yeah. Guys getting sent home. Basically, their offensive line room getting sent home. I know. All right. And the last game, Joe, is Bears against Rams in LA, Monday night football. Rams are six point favorites. 
Six is a lot, right? No way I'm taking the Rams with that spread. I think the Rams win. I think the Bears cover. Um, I see a, I see a low-scoring game. The last couple of years, we've had the medium pizza bowls. They've been, uh, they've been shootouts. Yeah. I'm going bet the under. I agree. All right. That's our week. What is this, week six or seven? Seven? No, I don't even know. Does it matter? Who knows? Seven? Giants are one and five, right? Haven't had a bye? Yeah, one it's week seven. seven. All right. Those are our week seven picks. And uh, that's going to be the show for today, Joe. Now, Andy, before we finish the show, I, I did jump on Twitter for a second here. And uh, one of the trending topics is clutch sports. An anonymous agent goes off on LeBron James and Rich Paul for costing clutch clients millions of dollars. It's illegal for a player, particularly if you're in the state of California, to be licensed to represent talent. There's a big story here. I didn't know if we wanted to like, it's trending. So I didn't know if we wanted to dive in. It's the top trend for me, at least. Give me the, uh, you got any more information for me? Well, I can read this. Uh, I can read this post. There's a. It's like it looks like a. You know, one of these notes posts. I don't know what's happening now. It's gone for you. Yeah, I'm gonna find it again for you, Andy. Has it already fallen out of the news cycle? <laughs> yeah, because I'm not seeing it on mine. Okay. An anonymous agent, yeah, yeah, goes off for costing clutch millions of dollars. It's illegal for a player, particularly if you're in a state to be licensed. There's a big thing. There's at least five or six massive casualties. No one is saying anything, and you can even say that the union should take some responsibility because they represent all the players, not just LeBron James. Because this is anonymous. I hope you have the courage to put this out there because nobody is talking about this, but this is the reality. And if you ask any other agent what I just said they would agree they've been able to leverage kcp two or three years in a row because they have the power and they're forcing it down their throat Orleans noel there are four or five of them that have suffered millions of dollars from mismanagement but nobody has the courage to support it because all the media wants access to, Le- to lebron they want access to ad now i know that now i know it's this facade that it's rich paul but it's really lebron who recruits for rich paul so it's almost like they're trying to control AAU at the NBA level. This is my AAU team, and they've carried that to the highest level. And because of his power and his prowess, people, the young players, are seduced by LeBron James in the same way people were seduced by Michael Jordan with David Falk. He went from having Michael Jordan and a few other players to getting the top players in the NBA because of the Jordan factor. Rob Plink had tremendous success as an independent agent because he had Kobe Bryant and players idolized him. So the fact that LeBron recruits and has empowered Rich Paul, and I get it, on the top on the top guys, but if someone does their research, a lot of these guys have really gotten screwed, a large number of them, by mismanagement. So how are they getting screwed? By taking less money to be a part of the LeBron James family, I guess. So there's no personal responsibility for that player who decided to do that? That would be my counter to that. Yeah. Sorry, it was trending, and I thought it was worthy. No, 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 no. This, all, this always happens to us. Next thing you know, we get hit to Thursday, and it's long gone. No, I'm just curious. No, it's an interesting discussion. I'm just curious, right? Like, if you decide you want to play at a, you know, a fair 
I mean, the guys that they're talking about too, KCP, Nerlens Noel, like, I mean, as as far as the anonymous source goes, this guy, like, I don't know what KCP made this year, but I have a feeling he was overpaid. Unless he got $15. I mean, the guy showed up for two games in the playoffs. What what, what was the guy's salary? I bet he's getting millions of dollars to play basketball. I don't know if he earned millions of dollars to play basketball. And by the way, if he, if KCP does get another contract of decent, Money, it's going to be because he was on that team, correct? Yeah. Um, I have his deal. Made he's, some big shots in the finals. He signed a two-year $16 million deal. He made, he made $8.4 million this year. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's – Getting super below his value now. If you're saying, oh, he would have been able now, to sign now, he big. made less. So basically, 2017 he made 17.7. Then the next year, 2018, he made la- he made 12. Like his numbers are going down. Right. But I don't know what his I don't know what his stats are that year yeah. as well. Yeah. All right. Like, well, just wanted to get that out there. No, all good. I, I just I guess to me, my, my only thing would be like. No one's forcing. Nor, Nor, Noel. I mean, <laughs> this is the guy using an example of a guy who's gotten screwed. I think Nerlens Noel's gotten screwed by being Nerlens Noel. Yeah. What are you? I mean, a, what are you? What are you? A villain in a Christmas movie? I'm gonna say he's this. He's the second Noel outside of the Christmas Noel. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> you never want to be second fiddle Noel. All right, they're like, It's like Nerlens Noel is the name of like an Arnold Schwarzenegger character that somehow becomes Santa Claus in some Disney movie. Stop, Nerlens. I'm not prepared for this. You knew you were part of the Noel family, so I did not know Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, Prano, your special's out on a few streaming devices. Yeah, so, oh, I want, thank you for bringing that up Andy I wanted to mention so four years ago during I, anybody who remembers Joe Prano takes a stand dropped on on election day 2016 we've had a good run and I thank you guys for all the support uh, for people who bought the special use promo code ass eater that Andy Ruther gave you used all the many uh, uh, promotions over the years and all of you who owned it or rented it I appreciate it but I have made it now available uh audio wise on spotify and apple music for free obviously if you have any of the streaming services so if you put joe prano takes the stand into the streaming services you can listen to the audio for free for the first time and also it will be coming to amazon uh prime video soon also for free if you're a prime account prime video subscriber so the uh, the days of Joe Prano takes a stand as a buy or rent on Vimeo on demand are uh, waning. Uh, it'll it'll it will have lasted exactly four years. I'll get rid of it on uh, election day, 2020, and from here on out, it'll be available available on audio and video for free. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Pandora. Uh, and then, of course, the video will be on Amazon Prime Video. So if you never watched it or listened to it, uh, go do it now. And if you did, I don't know, put it on your Alexa and uh, turn the volume down. Just let it stream all day so I can make a couple bucks. There you go. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. Anything else, Joe? At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on Venmo, 
Fix Your Life on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's it. I've, and by the way, I set that all up because I'm thinking about, you know, maybe if we ever get back to comedy, recording uh, some more stuff. Yeah. Guess who's been writing some new jokes lately? Oh. There he is. Get that Cincinnati. Get out of the Cincinnati word. Go bananas. The, the, the new Andy Ruther bits dealing with death and like I'm, I'm going a whole new area man death loss sorrow it's like a whole new no sounds more hilarious yeah no, <laughs> no more taco bell jokes no more dating it's all like it's all this crap by the way uh yeah it's you you, you hear the stuff you're like is this ruther uh but we'll see it's all a work in progress uh dirt balls thank you as always for the support you guys have a great week and as always stay dirty <laughs>